Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast. <laughs> Still happening, huh, bud? Holy fuck off. Because <laughs> <laughs> my voice has been smooth like butter. This oh, I stopped time. because you moved your pillow oh, and it did made you? noise. Oh. I thought you stopped because your voice went, ah! <laughs> No, I don't care about that. Okay, fine. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where... <laughs> <laughs> Where we no start all start start again happening it start again. Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. My name is Al, <laughs> and I'm here with my best buddy. D. It's me! You're here. We did that the first time. We did it the first time. My here. voice stayed exactly the same pitch. And I didn't squiggle around in my chair. And nobody laughed. <laughs> Look, it is almost 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's that Friday night record it's energy. Friday, baby. <laughs> we just ate some burritos. I had a torta. And it's hot in here. It's hot in here. And Al and I are sending each other our, our sex toy recommendations. Yeah, baby. Because <laughs> it's the summer. We got to set up some kind of newsletter. Yeah, we should. Damn. Damn. <laughs> then people will give us things to oh stick and poke and mm. vibe. Wow. 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 We should stop doing this podcast and just put in <laughs> all our energy into that. No, no, no. I like this too much. Two doinks. Two doinks. Two doinks newsletter. Two doinks you love to doink. <laughs> wow. This episode yeah. was inspired by a worm I saw about eight months ago. <laughs> can I see the worm? No. <laughs> oh. I, I, you can see the worm later. Oh, yeah. I'll see the worm later. <laughs> it's a secret worm. Okay. I, uh, to read about it, you gotta go to Two Doinks. You love to doink. <laughs> we'll tell you all about it. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, I'm sure we would have gotten to this eventually. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Flavio Briatore is? No. Does he like worms? He has liked a worm. A worm? <laughs> what a complicated question. <laughs> he is. He has liked a worm in the past. <laughs> A worm or two. Uh, no, I've never heard of him. Flavio Briatore is a huckster and a con man. Mm. A 1986 issue of Italian news magazine La Repubblica, Google translated and lightly abridged, <laughs> describes the events leading to his 1984 fraud conviction like this. In the organization, there would have been the fake Marquis Cesare Zaro, a very skilled man with cards as a professional player. The lawyer Adelio Ponce de Leon, together with his wife, people with excellent social connections a rampant record producer and friend of many divas, Flavio Briatore, and again, the real Count Achille Caproni, a somewhat decayed noble dynasty and ineffable owner of a beautiful villa in Venegono near Varese, an adequate setting for Chemin de Fer matches. The mechanism described by the investigating judge was this. A suitable chicken was identified, which was ensnared in a trap with various expedients. A good deal was promised, the possibility of meeting important people or of establishing useful connections. The unfortunate person was invited to dinner where he found bread for his aims. The famous journalist, the count, the marquis, and sometimes even fictitious characters such as a phantom Egyptian general. Then, as if by chance someone proposed, why don't we play a game? 
saying no was in bad taste, so almost everyone agreed. In any case, they thought we are among decent people, and at the most we lose some money to file in public relations expenses. However, the reality turned out to be quite different. In the indictment, the judge describes the classic tricks of the cheater, rigged sabots, lacquer on the cards, combines between the players to crush the victim. In jargon, the technique is called salami, and so on. <laughs> okay. So I got to tell you, yeah. my stupid brain um, <laughs> heard a lot of Italian words. Yeah. And so my brain's like, I, I don't know what this means. So basically this guy and a bunch of his other like fairly well-to-do, but apparently not well-to-do enough for them friends, yeah. uh, were running scams. So they invited famous people over. To, to a their, big party. Their palazza. To their palazza. <laughs> and they're like... And then they're like, let's play a game. They're like, I can introduce you to a marquee and an Egyptian general. And they shambleambled them. Yeah, and they said, let's play a game. And they took them for all their freaking worth, dude. And salami was involved. It, yeah, well, the the um, trick is called the salami, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I do that nightly. <laughs> I've heard of that trick. I pulled a trick or two uh, with salami. So this man, he does he did cons. Hold on. You can read about it in our newsletter. <laughs> two doinks who love to doink. <laughs> <laughs> the doink files. The do- <laughs> Going back to our roots, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, this man is so Italian. He's very, he's extremely Italian. And when you said his name, I was thinking like 1700s, 1600s, but you're saying no, 1980s? No, 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 no. Yeah. Fuck. Jesus. <clears throat> but even as he was a fugitive in the Virgin Islands for his participation in the schemes, <laughs> he had options. Oh. Such as a close friend named Luciano. <laughs> who he had met while working for the Italian Stock Exchange. Jesus Christ. In 1988, despite a vocal disinterest in the sport, Luciano hired Briatore to manage his Formula One racing team. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last name of Luciano? Well, you don't get to know yet. Ah! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, now I'm in. Now all the Italian words are buzzing around my head. I knew they would be. Okay, I don't know if it's been established. I love those small, you love the F1, yeah. fast boys. You love the small, fast boys. They're just compact and they're spicy. They fit right in there. God. <laughs> God. Like the spicy Italian we And I am a Ferrari fan. You're a Ferrari fan? I'm a Ferrari fan, fan okay, because Ferrari is very much like the Toronto Maple Leafs in F1 in that for a very, very long time, they were very good. In mm. the back in the olden days, they were very good. They had some really, really good um, drivers, uh, like a Schumacher and, mm. and Vettel and <laughs> another shit. Another shit. <laughs> another, I'm going to do the Italian hands, associate. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. With driver Michael Schumacher. Ah! The team won several world championships. Yes, they did. Their success was so impressive that Briatore even turned down Umberto Agnelli's attempts to poach him for Ferrari. Shit, dog. Can I tell you a little bit about Michael Schumacher's Please. son, Mick? Okay. Uh, so Mick is like the, the prodigal son, right? Mm-hmm. The Schumacher name is fucking huge. Be- you know, one of the best drivers in F1 history. Um, so Mick, like a lot was on his hand, like a lot, right? He went to a so-so team, uh, Haas, he famously broke a car in half. Oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't drive for them anymore. Wow. He, he costs so much money breaking cars in half. <laughs> That's incredible. I feel bad for the kid, though. Aww. Aww. So Briatore actually picked up uh, Schumacher after his first race. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I know, yeah. There's a great documentary on Schumacher. Okay, so, okay. 
the the con man. The con man. Is he funding this? Can you can you go back? No, and... he's okay. So he is working for the guy that's funding the team. Okay, he's managing the team. Sh- the the con man is managing the team. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> But in 1994, Schumacher was handed a two-race ban yeah. as the team faced allegations of cheating. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do that a lot. They do that a lot. They yeah, do that's like, what I understand. They do that, like, a lot. Like, <laughs> there was a, the, 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 one of the crash gates where the team literally told one of the teammates to crash hmm. so the other guy could win. Interesting. Yeah, there's some weird stuff. And there's, like, people quitting teams and bringing over files to other teams. And, Ooh. Yeah, it's real. It's like a reality TV series. Oh. Only they get into a car really fast. All of the boys on Love Island this season are wearing cargo pants. (laughs) Which makes 14-year-old Al feel pretty vindicated. (laughs) It's back, baby. It's back, baby. Wow. Like big pants? Like big cargo pants? Not big, but just like pants with cargo pockets. Wow. I think we need to get some. Do you have any in your wardrobe? No. I haven't worn cargo pants for decades. I think it's time. I think the prodigal son has returned. I don't know. To the gap. I just have memories of, like, putting so many rocks in the pocket that they became really heavy. You know when you would go to the beach? <laughs> you know the beach? When you go to the beach? No, I, I famously love collecting little rocks. <laughs> I have a whole rock collection right there. You do. It's very petite. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> did you ever put so many rocks in your pants, your pants fall down? Yeah. <laughs> you sure did. For me, it was snacks. Snacks. I put a lot of snacks in snacks there. Snacks in the pants. I was a big boy. Mm. Had to have my butter sandwich. <laughs> God, oh, my God. Bud. Oh, Belle. Well, sorry. It wasn't butter. It was like a slice of American cheese and butter on a hot dog bun. Oh, yeah. That was my little that's, snack. Okay, that's better. That was a 90s snack. It's a 90s snack for sure. Come on. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. So after paying the requisite fines, Briatore's <gasps> team continued on, and he was retained as manager even after the team was acquired by Renault. Yeah, Renault. Ren- whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. I don't think I said it different, but it's fine. Okay. Abriatori finally departed after a 2008 controversy in which the FIA accused Renault of instructing driver Nelson yes. Piquet Jr. Yes, to yes, crash yes. during the Singapore Grand Prix so that his teammate Fernando Alonso. Alonso would have a better shot to win, which he did. Yeah, he did win. Fantastic fucking race. Insane <laughs> race. They... And this is like, this is like, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 hat, tinfoil hat conspiracy oh. theory for the longest time. Yeah. Because number one, uh, PK fucking crashed in a way where he doesn't, he shouldn't have crashed. Mm-hmm. And he crashed right in a specific spot. Mm. So the pit lane was open and his teammate Fernando Alonso was the only one who had pitted. And it was just like galaxy brain oh, stuff. Oh, wow. And it came out later that it was fucking true. Oh, <laughs> By the way, Fernando Alonso still racing today. Oh, he's the guy with the longest amount, and he's doing pretty good. Nice. Yeah, well, I, good for him. Yeah, the cheater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's he's uh, he's father now. By the way. Oh, I'm sorry. And he's such a little man. He's such a little angry man. Oh my God, Al. Yeah. Finally, mm. we get to talk F1. This is a treat. You like it too much. I love it too much. <laughs> And when I say that Briatore departed F1, I mean he was banned from all FIA events. (laughs) Renault was placed on two years probation to be permanently banned if another offense was found to be committed. The Daily Mirror called the ban the harshest sanction ever imposed on an individual in the history of motorsport. 
So the con man was the guy who did the Singapore crash? Yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He definitely done did it. <laughs> yeah, you did do it. You did, did done did it. He did done do it. And then he pissed off PK Jr. so much that PK yeah. Jr. came forward. Fuck, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my There's God. also a man named Nelson Button involved with this team at some point. I just we like love the Button. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just he's, a good name. He's a commentator now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Button. Button. <laughs> he's good looking. Oh. But what was Briatore's philosophy when it came to making cars go fast when race? Mm. In 2006, he said the people in charge should be businessmen, as they are in Hollywood, not ex-engineers. Nothing costs more and delivers less entertainment than hidden technology. <laughs> and that's what engineers love most of all. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if the car is good. That's why Ferrari fucking catches on fire now. <laughs> Famously catches on fire. Wow. Reliability, very bad. But entertainment, uh, very good. <laughs> so good. And the sport's recent moves toward cleaner technology have not changed his opinion. Yeah. I do not like this new Formula One. It's not our Formula One, he said in 2012, directly criticizing cars that do not make a noise. Drivers having to save fuel and fake overtaking. He added, it is no longer a sport of gladiators. It is a sport of accountants. I actually agree. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> when I read that, I was like, this guy's a dickhead. No, no, I don't. I, I can't. I kind of. I kind of agree. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My here's car no make noise. The cars don't, A, the cars don't make noise. You're so American. They're, they don't. When you go to a fucking NASCAR event, <laughs> that. You're such a nasty little American. Now, <laughs> <laughs> okay. They can't, with the fuel thing, they can't refuel because yeah. cars caught on fire and men caught on fire. Yeah. And so I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But the, like, the overtaking, it's just, here. here's the thing. You're coming at it where currently in F1, one man has won everything except for when his teammate won. Mm. A race. So it's fucking boring as shit. Yeah. Why didn't the other ones go faster? The other ones? Mm-hmm. It's because they don't have the money. Oh, capitalism. You know, the whole, like, thing that he's talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, is, yeah. He, he did this. <laughs> <laughs> he did this. You know what else he did? What? Howdy Klum. He's the father of her child. What? <laughs> they were married. Hell yeah. And before that, he dated Naomi Campbell. Shit. Is he a small man? I don't know his height, but I okay. do know that when he dated both of those women, they were significantly younger. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. In the 80s and 90s. Also, I think um, he had a wedding or something that was attended by Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the bad man. The bad man. Yeah. He fits right into this whole world, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've had your treat. Mm-hmm. And now I get mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so threatening. <laughs> That was so fucking threatening. I love it. What do you know about post-war Italy? (laughs) (laughs) This is truly a melding of the mind. Yeah. (laughs) I like, vroom, vroom, sports go fast. And you're like, oh, post-war. Opposites (sighs) attract. What do I know about post-war Italy? Absolutely fucking nothing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely nothing. So after the Second World War ended, yeah. 
Much like the other Axis powers, Italy's economy went through the ringer. Yeah. As part of the peace treaty, they lost all of their colonial possessions, which stretched down through modern-day Libya, Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Somalia. Yeah, they had a lot, huh? They had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in 1950, they joined NATO, yeah. the UN, and became an ally of the U.S., and they were able to benefit from the Marshall Plan oh. and underwent what was called the Italian Economic Miracle. <laughs> That's a phrase they still use. Really? Yeah. Oh. Massive numbers of southern rural Italians emigrated to northern cities as entire communities were uprooted, and the GDP of the country doubled, creating division between the wealthy industrial north and the impoverished rural south. Politically, Italy was a Christian democracy supported by the Vatican, who considered it a mortal sin to vote for the Communist Party. I always forget the Vatican is in there. I gotta tell you, one thing about the Vatican is I think if they're gonna say that they're their own country, they should have to participate in the Olympics. (sighs) And they should have to submit athletes from within their own ranks. I'm talking nuns. I'm talking friars. I'm talking... Love this bishops. Idea. I want to see him skiing. I want to see him. Could you imagine? Skeet. I want to see him wrestling. I was gonna say wrestle. Could you imagine wrestling nuns? The biggest fucking nun. Yeah, you could imagine with her habit on. Mm-hmm. She's still mm-hmm. got it, baby. She's got a singlet. She's got a habit. Oh, yeah. She's taking. She's taking them down. No, everyone's. I just want to see them pummeled. Yeah, I want to just see them absolutely massacred <laughs> in every sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I always thought. I thought you were gonna say if they want to act like their own country, they should stop governing other countries. Oh, that also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, also that. Ugh. What sport do you think the Pope would be into? Dying. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Is that rude? No. Okay. That's fine. So this was the backdrop. Okay. In front of which Luciano Benetton bought a $200 knitting machine for his sister Juliana. Okay. So that she could create brightly colored sweaters that the family could sell. Okay. I know those knitting machines. They're kind of neat. Yeah. Well, it's not about the machine. Oh. It's about the sweaters. It's about the sweaters. (laughs) Over the next decade, as the Benetton family expanded their business with a factory in the northern town Ponzano Veneto... The country politically moved further towards the center, so from the right towards the center. Okay. In 1963, the center-left PSI party rose to power. They attempted to put forward socialist policies like taxing real estate profits mm. and increasing pensions, wow. as well as utility nationalization, but the desire for reform quickly waned as they grew comfortable in power. Yeah. The result was a period called the Years of Lead. Lead. This was the period from the 60s to 70s, which saw a wave of violence propagated by both neo-fascists and extremist Marxist-Leninists. Okay. Bombing, shootings, assassinations, that sort of thing. And they were just ha- not happy that they're in the center. Yeah. Okay. No one's happy. No one's happy. Sounds familiar. <sighs> the U.S. was pretty happy to let whatever happened happen, yeah. unless what was happening was the Communist Party gaining power. Absolutely. But if it was the neo-fascists, they That's were fine, fine with that. That's fine. They just fought a war against them, but, you know... Who's the real enemy? The people. <laughs> the people. <laughs> so even as a recession hit Italy in the early, early 80s, the Benetton Group was about to become an international household name mm. with their brand, United Colors of Benetton. United Colors of Benetton. Never heard of it. Re- really? Yeah, really. Really? Really, really. Wow. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because I read a lot of magazines as a kid. There were always ads in there. Fashion magazines? Yeah. Like, I was, you know, I was on that cover girl that... 17, trying to I learn how to be a girl. I was on that cover, girl. I was, trying to, I was trying to figure it out. Look. Failed. I, I was looking at a lot of lip glosses, and I there's just ads, and I'm like, wow, those girls are so fucking pretty. And I had two thoughts. Number one, I can, I'm can i a different species. Number yeah. two, 
Those girls are so pretty. <laughs> is there any ad that like really ca- that sticks in your brain? Uh, ca- any candies ad? Candies, yeah. Just and candies by Jessica Simpson. Oh my god! Specifically, specifically. Simps. Mm. There was a Steve Madden ad that featured like the shoe. Was it the, the shoe? They were shoes, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. The, the girls wearing the shoes were like very like bratsified. Yes, I remember. And one was an angel and one was a devil. Yeah. Yeah. Unlocked. Unlocked. <laughs> Unlocked. That just lives in my brain. Wow. Yeah. There's a um, great Twitter that posts scans of um, old, like, early aught magazines that you and I grew yeah. up with. It's called Y2K Magazine. It's really good. It's fantastic. It sends me down a lot of memory lanes. I, I, and I swear, like, I recognize a lot of the spreads. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god. <laughs> Delia's. Yeah, yeah, Etc. Yeah. Gosh, we were into gloss. We loved gloss. Glo- everyone, everything had to look liquid. Why? I don't know. Just wet. Everything, it just, had, to everything wet. had to look wet. Yeah. The hair, the eyes, the lips. Yeah. The a lot skin, of sparkle. dewy. Dewy. Yeah. Dewy Cheetah Manow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in 1982, the Benetton Group hired Italian photographer Oliviero Toscani, not to be confused with Italian composer Arturo Toscanini, who's a different guy. <laughs> oh, I understand. <laughs> so Toscani was hired to create a distinctive advertising campaign that the world would remember. Okay. And Toscani, he delivered. <laughs> As journalist Lauren Cochran put it in a 2017 Guardian article, he might be inclusive, challenging, fearless, exploitative, or prone to oversimplification depending on your point of view. Okay. But Toscani is definitely a professional provocateur. Throughout his 18-year tenure, he made Benetton ads talking points, never shying away from divisive visual statements that dealt with the issues of the day, including racism, religion, and human rights. That just seems like a lot of spaghetti to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Spaghetti. I'll break it down. Well, well, I just mean that... Because he's Italian? They, yeah. They were, <laughs> yeah, I, I meant what I meant. Uh, it just seems like that quote is like trying to say a lot, but isn't saying anything. Interesting, okay. You know okay, what I mean? Okay. I think the thing that our generation, or at least me, remembers the most about United Colors of Benetton yeah. is that they had a greater diversity in their print and television advertising than, than pretty much any other brand in the 90s. Okay. But that dedication was a cornerstone of Toscani's approach to marketing. Mm. Here are some descriptions of his most famous pieces for Benetton. A newborn baby, umbilical cord still attached. Ew. A white woman, a black woman, and an Asian baby all wrapped up together in a blanket. Okay. Three human hearts with the words white, black, and yellow on them in big block letters. Okay. A close-up of two hands, one black and one white, handcuffed together. Uh-huh. A black woman breastfeeding a white baby. A white man kissing the cheek of a black woman, holding her head in his hands, his lower hand seeming to force her lips into a smile. A white little girl with Shirley Temple curls and a little black boy with hair shaped into devil horns embracing each other. An image taken by Franco Zacchi showing the dead body of Benedetto Grado after a mafia killing, blood pooling from his body as several women look on. <laughs> okay, what was that advertising? Shoes? <laughs> They're all just advertising the, the clothes. clothes, the brand. A blood, I don't know how I feel about this. A blood-stained t-shirt and camouflage pants that Benetton claimed belonged to Bosnian Croat Marinko Gagro, who'd been killed while fighting in the Bosnian War. And a white horse being mounted by, you guessed it, a black horse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one I'm into. <laughs> uh, it just, what is this, the 90s? Yeah, 80s, 90s. I would just say, like, I, maybe it's just because we're in 2023 and like, meh. 
Do we really have to? <laughs> no, people were also saying that then. Okay, 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 okay. It just feels like, mm, do you have to? Is this a state? Is this? Do you need to be saying this? Really? Clothing brand? <laughs> boy, oh boy. Italian clothing brand? Yeah. Okay. That had gone international at this point. That had gone international. And then there was a photo taken by journalism student Therese Frere of a young man named David Kirby. In the photo, Kirby lies in a hospice bed at Pater Noster House in his final moments before succumbing to AIDS. He is surrounded by his family, his head cradled by his father, who's leaning over him in grief, his sister and niece embracing at his side. Therese Frere had been at Pater Noster shadowing Kirby's caregiver, Peta, for a college credit. Frere and Peta, who was also HIV positive, became close, and Kirby agreed to let Frere photograph him as long as the photo would not be used for profit. Oh, no. Therese Frere's original black and white photo was published in Life magazine and won second prize in the 1991 World Press Photo General News Contest. The image was striking, and its publication in Life provided a visual representation of the disease that was killing so many people worldwide, despite the lack of education and overwhelming level of misinformation in the social consciousness. In 1992, David Kirby's family gave permission for Oliviero and United Colors of Benetton to oh. use a hand-colorized version of the image in their campaign oh. in hopes of reaching a larger audience with a message about the brutal reality of the AIDS epidemic. But even at the time, there were questions about the ethics of using such an image as ultimately a clothing advertisement. But I was going to say, they were still selling clothing. Yeah, because, well, even if it was one that claimed to raise awareness. As reported by Paula Spann in a 1992 issue of Washington Post, David Eng of Gay Men's Health Crisis explained his opposition. They're exploiting AIDS to make a buck. It does raise an issue to a certain degree, but it doesn't follow through. There's no copy in this ad except for their logo and a line telling you what number to call for the nearest store. The other images used in the campaign are similar in nature as Spann describes them. A firebombed car, fleeing refugees, climbing onto an overladen boat in one ad, and an overladen truck in another. A couple carrying a few meager possessions through floodwater. One enigmatic picture shows a soldier with a rifle slung across his back holding what seems to be a human bone. At the time these ads were run, Benetton had 500 stores across America, spending around $80 million on advertising annually. Criticism wasn't li limited to AIDS activists, as the Catholic Church claimed the image of David Kirby was inappropriate in similarity to, the hi uh, to historical images of the Virgin Mary holding Jesus Christ after his crucifixion. Uh, okay, I have a question. Yeah. Now, these are probably in print, like, um, yeah. like magazines. Yeah. Do they, is it just like they have their logo at the bottom? Yeah. Or that's it? Do they super enclose, like, do they have And a phone number that's, you know, uh, that tells you where the, the nearest store is. There was a moment, 90s and 2000 early aughts even, like, the, like, we're spreading awareness, and that's as good as anything, <laughs> and I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah. Because there's still people who are like, we're making pride flags, and we're spreading awareness for gay people. Like, what the fuck? That doesn't do shit. We're all aware that there are gay people. Well, and, and like, you know, what we call now rainbow capitalism and, and a oh. larger concept of, like, progress capitalism has existed for decades. decades. It's not something that's just happening now that finally no, 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 companies no. are accepting gay people. Like, no, no. It's always been about how can I make money from these people. And now is the tipping point where companies are starting to say, oh, maybe it's not so profitable, so we're going to stop fucking yeah, doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck! <laughs> Let's talk about race cars Sorry, this again. is why I gave you a treat. <sighs> Tiscani left Benetton in 2000 after controversy over his most recent advertising campaign, this one depicting American death row inmates. This one got the, the biggest controversy of any of his campaigns. <laughs> he used it 
just who's okay i know what they're thinking in the boardroom they're like we are pushing the envelope we're doing things that no other of that fucking tommy hill figure he ain't doing yeah he ain't doing shit we're making and then it's like it's nothing it's nothing. Yeah. You're putting your logo on a picture of suffering, of human suffering. It's nothing. Yeah. So he left into... I want... Hey, one is... I want to go to Singapore and crash a fucking car. Yeah. In With myself in it right okay. now. Okay. And well, we'll let Fernando Alonso win again. Okay. I would love Fernando Alonso to win again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So he left after the campaign with the death row inmates. Yeah. And the next... That's day, where we drew the line. That's where we drew the line, actually. The next decade was slow for Benetton, okay. uh, and also plagued by scandal. As owners of Atlantia SPA, Italy's privatized highway services, Benetton were responsible for managing the Ponte Morandi Bridge in Genoa, which collapsed oh, no. in 2018 due to deferred maintenance, among other issues, killing 43 people. Because he posted a bunch of pic. It actually was assembled with pictures of horses fucking other horses. <laughs> Instead of nuts and bolts, it was just horse pictures. Yeah, it was just horses <laughs> fucking, and no like. And he's sort like. Of- Shishishow! Racism! <laughs> oh my god. It's <laughs> just horses all the way down. Uh, and five years earlier in 2013, Benetton documents and products were found in the wreckage of the Rana Plaza building collapse in Dhaka, Bangladesh, along with other well-known fashion brands. Just horse... It's, you, don't build, you don't build buildings with horse pictures. No. And if you uh, want to know about either of those disasters, uh, there are... Well, there's your problem episodes about them. Which, until I watched those, I didn't know Benetton yeah. was involved in them. Oh, it's and all And I was already, connected. had my notes for this episode and everything. <laughs> but even without Tuscany, Benetton was still creating attention-grabbing advertising. In 2011, the group created something called the Unhate Foundation, which they described as an invitation to leaders and citizens of the world to combat the culture of hatred. Images. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Holy shit. Images from the campaign included altered photos of political and religious leaders locking lips. Oh, I do know these. Like okay. Barack Obama yeah. kissing Hugo Chavez and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth kissing Egyptian Imam Ahmed Mohammed Al Tayeb. <laughs> okay, but who had the hotter kiss though? <laughs> who gets the Nickelodeon Award? The TV movie award for hottest <laughs> kiss. This is the thing that pisses me off more than more than most things yeah which is when people are like doing gotchas online and they oh. post photos of like putin and trump kissing like i hate i've seen that it one. makes me so angry. it makes me so angry look we're doing a political commentary what if they kissed and also <laughs> gays are yucky yeah <laughs> when the joke is they're gay it's not as good as you <laughs> it's think not it the is. gotcha you think you're getting <laughs> <laughs> go back to facebook my god and in 2018, when Luciano Benetton returned as executive director of the Benetton Group after a 10-year absence, he mm. brought along his buddy, Oliviero Toscani, <laughs> to bring his controversial talents to a fresh campaign. Uh, Some 35 wait, years... Wait, 2018? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Some 35 years after he first told Toscani, the Benetton image is your toy. Do not let anyone interfere with it, even me. The pair created a new advertisement featuring a group of diverse school children. Of this new work, Toscani said, I tell a story with images relating to the moment of history I am in. Mm. I am a witness to my time, or also my wishes of things that could be made better. There used to be color and magic, he said. We are going to put the magic back. There used to be color and magic. Mm. What do you mean by that? Well, do you want to see the magic? Uh, are there horses involved? <laughs> there yeah, can be. see the fucking magic. 
Schumacher better be racing right through this. <laughs> if you want to see this ad, you can go to our sources. We'll return after these messages. No, no, you shouldn't feel bad. This is what the, this is what, this is what we do. This is the show. This is the Italian fingers. This is the show. Really big show. <laughs> okay, David. <laughs> Here's my top 10 things I hate about this man. <laughs> How many Spidermans can we fit in a Jungo Juice? <laughs> um, okay. You have a classroom full of kids. Yeah. Kids are quote unquote diverse. They're diverse children. Now, in Italy... Mm. Are they going to have to, like, they're going to have to headhunt kids <laughs> to get a, a rainbow, correct? <laughs> I assume. I don't know what their situation is when right they, now. I, I don't, don't know what their immigration's like. I assume they're xenophobic as shit. Yeah, I would expect. And it's a, it looks like a private, they're all wearing, I think they're wearing the clothing of the brand, Yeah, they are. I think. And you know that teacher's white. Oh, you know that teacher's you white, You know though. that teacher's white, though. She's Aryan as fuck. <laughs> the logo of the... Brand looks like like Illuminati. It does. <laughs> or or alternatively, just a new transgender symbol. Oh you know shit! Because I mean? <laughs> it has a circle and a lot of lines. That new trans. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm on that new tranny shit. Brother, <laughs> I'm not fucking with that old tranny shit. I'm on that <laughs> <Yeah>. new shit. <laughs> And the kids are cute. I would say they're grade. They're, really cute. they're very cute. I would say they're grade three. I don't fucking know. From they're kids. grade two, three, four, around that age. They're the cute age, right? Yeah. Because previous to that, they get annoying, yeah. and then after that, they, they get, get annoying. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, they get ugly when they start expanding oh. upwards or forwards or whatever. <laughs> Look, purity is hard for everyone. Yeah, especially those going through it twice. <laughs> um, and then it's just, it's like, what's the, the guy takes a picture. And yeah. it's all the kids together wearing the clothes. Yeah, it's a still that you'll see will be the print advertising and version of it. And it says United Colors of Benetton, Benetton, which is their brand. It has been their brand since the 80s or whatever. And it's like, these children mm. represent us, a white Italian company. Mm-hmm. They represent us, very old billionaires. <laughs> what's the statement? <laughs> what are they trying to say? What are they say? I th- I would go so far as to say that uh, the statement of maybe every one of all of your Toscani's uh, pieces for Benetton is sorry about the fascism. <laughs> sorry we did a fascism. Look, we have 
children of all skin types in this classroom, and they're all smiling. I'm so sorry about Musawini, but don't worry, we hung him. <laughs> and his family. <laughs> in this way, <laughs> Um, I just, it's just, it's just, it's just bad. It's, it's so, I'm so angry. I don't think I've ever been as angry at an ad campaign oh, as no. I have at this ad. Because it's just milk toast. Yeah. It's this fucking white old guy saying, I'm making a statement. Yeah. And it's, the statement is, uh, question mark? <laughs> the statement is, I would like more money, please. The statement is, look at race. Ain't it, ain't here it, it is. <laughs> ain't it something? Ain't it something? <laughs> Al, what have you done? Because I have to. It's 2023. It's 2023. But it could be about horses, though. <laughs> no, this is what it's about. Oh. I'm bringing it. Hey, here's the thing. I've never seen this fucking ad. Yeah. And I think because they're not online. Mm-hmm. We gotta get them online. Okay. You know a way to get them online? How? What? Dogs. Dogs. But the most ugly dogs. <laughs> You've ever fucking seen. Just ugly as sin. The, just the ones that were mis- God's mistake. D. Yeah. You mean my dog. No, oh. I mean, is Melvin there? <laughs> Can we talk about Melvin? Let's talk about Melvin. Let's talk about Melvin. Please. Please. Let's hey, talk about let's Melvin. let's take a breath of fresh air. Let's talk, talk about Melvin. Our friend Melvin. Melvin. Melvin has, famously, two brain cells. Yeah. And he loves to unalive himself. Yes. <laughs> and he has... No hair on his butt. And his dick is out permanently. And there's nothing they could do about that that's not surgical, baby. It's a Pomeranian with alu- alopecia. Yes. Uh, it is owned by a groomer in Niagara. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a pet groomer. <laughs> I hate that we have to <laughs> quantify that. It's actually, from now on, it's actually called taking your pet to the hairdresser. Because <laughs> we can't say that on... <laughs> Um, and Alan and I have enjoyed this video of Melvin, our friend Melvin. I will post a yeah, link to the video. To. So much so, I got a new tattoo of a werewolf, and his name is Melvin. <laughs> My producer and I have agreed his name is Melvin. Oh. My werewolf also has alopecia. <laughs> He's very good, though. He's very good. Um, we love Melvin. So Melvin is the star. Okay. Because, like, you know, what is he? He's he's got a chronic illness. He's just a wretched little creature. He's a wretched little creature. Timbit's there. Uh, Timbit famously has a little beard, and his front legs are shorter than his yeah. back legs. <laughs> I gotta have a couple of what uh, Chinese crested. Oh yeah, you gotta have those naked dogs. Those naked dogs. You gotta have those. Be- you gotta oh, you gotta have the four horsemen of the Japanese yes. apo- Japanese groomer apocalypse. Oh, God, the fluffiest little oh. motherfuckers. Just so they look like they are. Just dumb as shit. And that dog with the two balls. And the dog. One on he head and one on he ass. <laughs> just the worst. Can I, I just want to pick out, I want to go to a grocery store <laughs> full of bad dogs. It's and just, God's mistake. Just pluck them. Pluck them like produce. You want a grocery store and then the, the shower comes on. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> And and it's just, it's it's this ad only with dogs. Only with the ugliest of sin dogs. <laughs> And the guy, he's there. We'll still hire him, I guess. And he takes a picture of just the just the dogs all in one place. Okay. Now, what's the metaphor? I don't know. You know what? You don't have to. It's a 
we'll put it in black and white so it's like vaguely <laughs> racial. <laughs> you have black dogs and so white he dogs. He couldn't print the David Kirby's, Kirby's photo in its original black and white, but this one. This one he can. Okay. I, I give him permission. And you know what? Here's the thing. The the people, the white people with a lot of money are going to look at this like they do go into an art museum and like, this has meaning to it. Yeah. It don't. The meaning is money, please. The money, <laughs> look at these dogs. <laughs> money, please. <laughs> uh, and it's the U- United Dogs of that company. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then they all get in a race car. And <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yes. And they crash into the wall of no. champions. <laughs> uh, uh. I think F1, and I'm just going back to F1 because I want to make myself feel better. Yeah. Would be so much better if there was a little dog in the car, too. And I think everything going, would be better if a little dog was there. Uh, they got a little helmet. They got a little side pod. <gasps> and, and then they crash the car. No, they would never. They have a little halo to protect can, them. Oh, can I write you a scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, your favorite driving boy is in a car, and he's driving towards the finish line. Yeah, he is. He has a side pod with oh, Melvin or some Melvin, other horror, absolutely with Melvin. Melvin in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he breaks the car in half. <laughs> Mick Schumacher breaks the car in half. And so yeah. just the side pod goes oh. over the finish line. The <gasps> and dog they win. has <laughs> won the race. Just the dog, not the human. No rules say dogs can't compete in F1. <laughs> First ever dog F1 champion. F- FIA, come at me. Melvin, he's done it. Oh my god, Melvin. <laughs> he would, yeah, Melvin would do it because he wants to off himself. <laughs> Fam- famously. Famously. Oh, I'm so sweaty. Me, I'm very stinky. Okay, um, you know what? Do you have a local ad for a stinky boy? I have boy? a local ad. This is a local Melbourne ad. Oh, really? And it's an ad that was filmed in the 80s, but apparently has continued on until 2014. Oh, wow. And it is with just the oddest man with the (laughs) accent that is only in the movies. Wow. Are you ready? This is perfect for me because I have been watching F-Boy Australia. F-Boy Island Australia. No, no, no. It's not an Australian accent. Oh. It's something else. Is he doing a Clark Gable? I don't if he's Italian or Spanish. Oh, we'll find no. out. No. Franco Cozzo. Have the pleasure to present to you Il Modernissimo. Bedroom suites, dining room, and wonderful lounge. Why don't you come for yourself and have a look at this magnifico? Il Modernissimo, only can found from Franco Cozzo. Buy from Franco Cozzo. Megalo, 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 se pulibasto Franco Cozzo. Trapezeria, crevato cameras, salonia, careclesi, apoto Franco Cozzo. E latte, nagorazite, epipla, sto Franco Cozzo. In Pranzic, and Footscribe, nagorazite sto Franco Cozzo. Franco Cozzo, per la prima volta in Australia, Dichiara guerra, guerra e prezzi, grande svendita, dove a Brunswick e Footscribe. Se i migliori mobili volete comprare, oggi, domani e sempre, da Franco Cozzo dovete andare. Dove a Brunswick e Footscribe. Comprate da Franco Cozzo. Just the ugliest furniture I've ever seen in my life. So apparently this ad played at midnight across Melbourne oh, for like baby. 30 years. 
And it's like a fucking Melbourne fucking fever dream. That's your, you know, that's your J-O-B. That's your jerk-off break. Oh, yeah. Franco Cazzo. <laughs> now, what? Where was he from? I I think Italy. Yeah. But, but there was like Cyrillic? Yeah, there was text on the screen. And as far as I understand, Italy doesn't have a different no, alphabet. So maybe it was Latin. Uh, maybe some like specific culture Brand? that makes up Italy. I don't. Someone, if you're from Melbourne, you have to tell you us about tell us what the Franco Gonzo. We got to know about this guy. I, I, and I didn't know like where English ended and Italian began, no. or a third, maybe fourth language. It would just all really meld to, together. But I was invested. I did like it. I the like, furniture was god awful. Yeah, I love how many times he mentioned his name. Yeah, a Franco Gonzo. Well, you know, when you're doing a local ad, you gotta, you get gotta, it, you gotta get it in the people's mm-hmm. head. Oh, Renko Gazzo. If you have an ad that seems like a, a fever dream, yes. send it to us at creeps at gmail.com. Give us your J-O-Bs. Mm. I'd like to think now, Yeah. everything else is just, is no J- J- <laughs> it's no J-O break. Yeah. Everything else interrupts my J-O. <laughs> well, that's because the J-O-B is from before we had the internet. Yeah. So, like, oh. this is what would come on in between segments of your softcore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know? Can you imagine seeing this man? I keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on that Italian I furniture? I mean, the background was pink. That's yeah. enough. That's, <laughs> that's vague, vaguely <laughs> yonic, I guess. <laughs> uh, what else we got to say? Uh, we are doing a podcast. We're still. <laughs> and. You can't stop us. You We're can't, doing a you podcast. Can't, you can't stop us. <laughs> I don't care what your Supreme Court says. <laughs> and uh, if you want to support us, yeah. you can go to Kofi.com slash ad creeps. Drop us a dime or two. A dime of weed would be great. Oh. What Not you the money one. Oh, I don't want a dime. I want at least a dollar. Yeah, a dollar, please. <laughs> one a dollar, please. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? I got quality to watch, buddy. Okay. The race boys are racing, and I'm fucking farting around up here with I'm you. I'm so sorry, and I got to go read about more post-war history. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Until next time, we are signing <laughs> off. But first, a word for my spouse. A vroom vroom. Beep beep. Orf.